from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get ten dollars off your next order. I'm Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host over at RGR Football on YouTube. And I'm Chris Clark from Chiefs Digest. Thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. And we have a lot to talk about today. We do. Uh, later in the show, Matt Derrick's going to come back. We're going to talk about what's going on with the roster, who's been hurt, who hasn't, what those injuries mean, and who might be getting a chance here. Uh, and, but we got to start with, on a day that the Chiefs are off, actually, here, recording on Tuesday, they had a workout with an old friend. Yeah, Marcus Kemp is coming in for a workout that's kind of surprising to me. I I mean, I think that's what it's got to be. Familiarity is definitely an advantage for him. Um, but this is this is a group that has really been scrounging for the bottom of the roster in terms of guys that can be specifically for the special teams. Well, yeah, and then you look at the fact that Byron Pringle's been hurt, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, Kemp would fill a similar role to what Pringle does uh, in a lot of ways, so... It makes sense. It's just a little surprising that they're bringing him in now as opposed to having him in the entire time. But uh, I think that Dave Tobe really liked him, so it's not overly surprising that they're going that direction. Yeah, it makes some sense. They had a couple of corners come in as well and go through the workout. As of this time, um, no signings announced. Uh, the corners, a, a little bit of a troublesome pack, had some serious, serious injuries, and obviously they're looking for cornerback depth, but I would think if they found somebody they felt that they could plug into the roster, they would have announced that pretty quickly. Absolutely. So, you know, just them looking at the bottom of the roster type situation, and that's to be expected this time of year for the Chiefs and really for any NFL team. And that's what you're going to get this time of year. And then you look at other injuries throughout the NFL, and, you know, you have Gerald McCoy goes down for the Cowboys. Right. Goes down and then gets waived. Part of his contract, he is waived with injury. It's over. I, I was a little surprised by that one. Yeah, but it makes sense with his injury and, and the way his contract was written, although it was very interesting to look at the fact that he had a specific injury clause in there for if he got injured in his calf, uh, and that's exactly what happened to him. So, you know, you sign the contract, you got to know what you're going to be dealing with, and obviously he's dealing with that, and hopefully he finds another team next year, but he's done with the NFL this year at least. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one. And there's, there's a lot of soft tissue stuff going around. Um, I think A.J. Green pulled something again. You know, not things that are outlandish, but things that kind of add up. We're going to talk with Matt about that and specifically about the Chiefs. But, you know, it, I think that it's just leading up to what's going to be a really weird season all the way around, even for the fans. Wait a second. It's going to be a weird season. Why would no. it be a weird season? <laughs> I mean, 22% capacity of Arrowhead, that's going to be disappointing for a lot of fans. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a fun tailgate atmosphere. You're going to have to have a game ticket to actually go, which is news to me because I didn't know you really, you could get in without a game ticket, but I guess I just never thought about it. Um, you know, and overall, the Chiefs are going to be in a different situation and the entire NFL is going to be in a different situation. So it is what it is, and we will see where they go from here. Yeah, I'm really keen to see how that all works out. I think... The league propped up the fact that they were going to have fans in the first place. So I wonder if it's just a little bit of a surprise that the Chiefs elected to have fans in at all. Um, and, and more power to them. I think they're trying to be ultra safe. Uh, and I went through it all yesterday. If you missed yesterday's show, folks. Um, but I think 22%, 16,000 fans. It's a good crowd. I don't know if it's enough to be an advantage like it always is. 
Yeah, definitely not. And I apologize for the past couple of days. I've been out on vacation, so hope you guys enjoyed uh, your time with Ryan. Uh, but I am back, and it's going to be a fun season. I'm looking forward to actual football being played because uh, really outside of the NFL, uh, sports is kind of drab for me right now. Yeah, someday, somehow, we will get sports back here, hopefully, <laughs> in something that resembles normality. But normality is what we're all going for. And when we get back, we're going to get with Matt and Derek and go over what's going on, who the normal guys are that are practicing, getting things done, and who's on the sidelines. It's been a while, but Built Bar is back. And I know you guys missed them a ton. And they, they came screaming back with a, a new brand, a new packaging, and six new flavors, including cookies and cream and carrot cake and almond crisp and a lot of interesting things. They are great for the health conscious guy, and they're there to help you lose weight or maintain while giving yourself uh, a chance to indulge in a delicious treat. Yeah, I've absolutely loved Built Bar. They have a lot of different new flavors that are, they're going to be coming out with, so you be, need to be checking those out. Uh, Cherry Barcia, Coconut Almond, uh, as Ryan said, Cookies and Cream. Looks like you get a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Uh, this will only last for a little bit, so if you're going to go order some Built Bar, go do that right now so you get your free cooler. Let us know what you think of the free cooler and what it's like. Send us a picture to the Locked On account if you want to. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code Locked On for $10 off at Built Bar. It's another week. The Chiefs are actually off, and we're going to welcome in Matt Derrick back to the show because we need information, Matt. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, Ryan. I don't know how much information I have, but whatever I've got, you get. You have, you have more than I have. I'll tell you that. And there's there's a lot going on. I think it's been really interesting. I, I want to start with your general impression with how the team has dealt with uh, the first session of padded practices. Um, just from a X's nose, we'll talk injuries here in a minute, I'm sure. Yeah, they. I think as a group, they seem pretty comfortable with where they're at. Um, you know, talking to the individual sides of the football. I mean, I think you get obviously, you know, with the continuity of the offense, and the guys who've been together and everything. Um, there's, I think, a lot more comfort there. I mean, as far as just how things are going, where they're at, how everybody's picking everything up for this year. Defensively, you know, hey, there's some work to do, and that's what Steve Spagnuolo told us, told us on Monday. Part of it's just simply that, you know, hey, they've got a, a couple of pieces that they're trying to replace, some new guys to fit in, and it's an evolution of defense. I mean, you know, it's year two. So he's wanting to take what they did last year, and he's wanting to build on that and add some more pieces to it, expand. You know, hopefully they, they, want, they want to get off to a better start than they did last year, and um, they should be in that spot. But I, right now, I mean, as far as practice goes, everyone seems to be pretty comfortable, even with, you know, not having the offseason. Um, and now having an accelerated work schedule because they, they're not going to have as much time as they normally would mm. in a training camp in a preseason. Um, this, this group seems pretty confident with what they have in place and how, they're, how things are progressing. Well, and like you said, the whole timeline is compressed here. So I, I'm starting to feel, and I think I said this the other day, it feels like they're about to the point now where they'd be in that first week preparing for the first preseason game at this point, right? Yeah, I think what the first preseason game would have been last Friday. So, you know, right now they'd be getting ready for preseason game number two um, and really the end of training camp. And at this point, yeah, I mean, it's really just starting up. I mean, they've only had, you know, as we're talking, four practices in the books, uh, the fifth practice on Wednesday. Um, so, I mean, we're still very early in this thing. And, you know, and, and the CBA also has some changes, you know, so whereas 
in a normal training camp, they'd be going out there in St. Joe and having these, you know, two and a half hour, 245 practices. Mm-hmm. Now, almost everything is under two hours. Um, all, everything's different. So, yeah, I mean, it's certainly changing the way they get things done. We'll see around the league how that translates on the field once, you know, they get going in September. Um, but, you know, in Kansas City, this club, you don't see a whole lot of apprehension when it comes to that. I think they're pretty comfortable in their skin. The, the one thing that I wonder if they're comfortable about is this. This has been on my calendars, like one of the days to really pay attention. The aftermath from from this is the first day that the players are a little bit more free. Now, I don't know how free they are, but this is the day when they don't have something to do on the calendar. that things might go awry. Uh, do you think that they have made any precautions uh, other than just simply reminding players to take it easy, stay away from exposure and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, it's hard to tell what you can do other than to do those things. I mean, other than giving every, all the players a list of things that they should avoid. Um, there are things in the CBA and the negotiation with the side letter that, you know, stipulates that they can't do. Um, but, hey, the coaches and the organizations are also telling players, hey, don't put yourselves in these other situations. And you've also got veteran players who are trying to, to drill that into the rookies and the younger players. Um, I, I don't, I can't speak for other teams, but for the chiefs, it certainly looks like there's a a great deal of accountability. And I think that there have been, you know, some people looking at baseball and some of the problems that they've had, um, looking at some of the other issues. And I think that has probably scared straight some in saying, Hey, if we want to get through this season, we got to do things differently. We can't be sneaking out. We can't be sneaking people in. We've got to be just much more cognizant than maybe they were in some other places. And it it seems to me that they have that kind of thing locked. I I don't see uh, (laughs) anybody from this organization trying to sneak somebody into a hotel or anything like that. Um, Clearly there's differences between Seattle and here, but um, that brings me to another difference. And Tedder Thompson had some comments about the pacing of camp and what Andy's doing. And I, I think that goes, like you said earlier, with shortened practices. I think Alex Okafor talked about that this week. Uh, do you, he still feels to me, Andy does that he feels a little rushed, that he still feels like he's not getting enough done, but they are shortening things, I guess, because of the CBA and because they just want to make sure that they limit exposure. Yeah. And, you know, and, and this has got to be to a degree a little bit tough for a guy like Andy Reid because. You talk to his former players and assistants, and they will tell you they can look at the calendar and tell you what Andy Reid's doing that day because mm-hmm. he does the same things year in and year out. Yeah, things change. He does different things. But as far as you know, the work goes, I mean, the drills go, how his practices are structured, there's very little change from year to year because Andy Reid's a bit of a creature from habit, but he also believes that players do their best when they have routines, and that's why he tries to keep them in that. And so, yeah, this has got to be a little difficult from that standpoint. But at the same time, one consistent with Andy Reid practices over the years is that they're fast, they're efficient, and there's no wasted motion. So, you know, that's one thing that players always say is that you get a workout in an Andy Reid training camp because you're always on the go. I mean, they're fast paced. There's no standing around. There's not a lot of resting. He wants to, you know, work guys hard. So that when it gets to the middle of the season, you know, they've they've had that built up. I mean, to a degree, the season in Kansas City is a whole lot easier than training camp because, you know, it's 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 a hard camp. Reed wants people to to go through that. He thinks it makes you stronger. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, to a degree, you're missing a little bit of that, but as far as the work goes, Andy Reid's one of the most organized coaches in the league. So, I, I mean, and, and that's just a benefit is that these, these practices are, you know, orchestrated, they're organized and everybody knows what they're going to do. And if you don't know what you're supposed to be doing, you won't be there very long. <laughs> right. Follow the guy in front of you, figure it out. <laughs> um, that brings me back to, like you said, the, the shortened, the lack of offseason, the shortened timeline here. This is really about not only learning what you need to learn, but getting in shape somewhat. Um, I know there's not a ton of hitting yet, but there's more so than we usually see in a camp at this point. I'm impressed personally that we haven't seen any dropouts in terms of guys just not being able to pass conditioning cat tests or being able to. Uh, we haven't heard of anyone overheating other than the little dehydration by Clyde Edwards Alaire, but. Uh, how do you feel about the way they were going physically with the the struggle of camp? Yeah, like you said, I mean, at this point, it seems like things have been pretty smooth. I mean, you've you've had some guys dinged up, and um, you know the the question of you know soft tissue injuries is a very sensitive one around the league. Um, they don't like to talk about it, um, especially when it comes to the NFLPA. They don't like to talk about it, um, but. And and Andy Reid and I asked him about it the other day. You know, said, "Hey, you know, watch you, you get hamstrings and groins at the beginning of camp every year. It's just and, it, and that's absolutely true. You do. And you know, he says what they're experiencing so far is is normal. I mean, you know, he doesn't see anything abnormal. Um, but around same time, around the league, you are seeing athletic trainers being more sensitive to those kinds of things because they know that without the off season, you know, guys are not in the same shape. They may be in good shape." They might be working out, but that's not football shape. Right. So, you know, they are being, I think, a little bit more cautious with the hamstrings, the groin issues, anything soft tissue wise. Um, so I, that doesn't alarm me or surprise me that, you know, you're maybe seeing some guys sitting out with fairly minor injuries because they just don't want to keep want them to turn into big injuries. Sure. And I think when we get back from the break, folks, we're going to talk about those injuries, what's going on with who and what that means for some of the guys that line up behind them. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. DoorDash is the app that brings the food that you've been craving right now right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be safely delivered outside your door. I actually used the contactless delivery drop-off setting. It was awesome on my vacation. Uh, I was staying in a hotel, had them bring DoorDash to my door. Uh, That was fantastic. Many of your local restaurants are still open for delivery, so go check them out. Just open the DoorDash app and select your fo- favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order, $15 or more, when you download the DoorDash app and enter code Locked On. That's $5 off your order and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code Locked On. Don't forget that's code Locked On for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. So like you talked in the last segment, um, Andy's made the statement that he feels this is pretty normal. Although I don't recall ever seeing like nine guys sit out a day with soft tissue injuries before. Um, it's been quite a while since I saw the list that long. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to go back and look at previous camps, but you know, what? and uh, Hey, if it's one or two extra, then I guess it's, you know, within the margin of error. So yeah. maybe that's the defense there and everything. But yeah, I mean, and around the league, I mean, it certainly seems like that's the case. So the Chiefs are not immune to that. But like I said, I mean, I, I, I've sensed and seen a greater concern across the league with just babying these things and not being too aggressive with them too fast in this camp. 
Yeah. A couple of specifics. Um, no update on Ricky Seals Jones at the time that we recorded this, at least not to the public. Have you heard anything specific? No, I haven't. Other than you know, it 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 was a it was it was a it was a rough injury. It happened during a special teams drill, mm. um, which you know that's obviously those are risky plays. You see a lot of injuries on those. He did get carted off um, in the back of the cart. Couldn't put any pressure on that leg. So we'll see. I mean, uh, people I talked to who saw it said it was a. A rough injury, but, you know, I wouldn't speculate on, how, on the severity of it because, you know, you'll see these things that look bad and they aren't. Okay. Yeah, and I, and I completely agree with you. But they did, even prior to that, go and get themselves another tight end in uh, in Helms off of waivers. Um, if the, the worst comes and Seals Jones has to miss some significant time, is that enough? Or do they have to go out and find another tight end somewhere? Well, I think it depends on what happens with the other guys. You're right. They brought in Daniel Helm mostly because, you know, Dion Yelder was, had been banged up and hadn't practiced yet, mm-hmm. which really left them with only three tight ends. And that's, they, they weren't really deep at that position anyway. They only brought four to camp, or yeah, four to camp. So now, you know, with Ricky Steele's Jones going back down, now they're down to really just three healthy guys. Um, doesn't seem to feel like Yelder's injury is severe, but if they had to go into the season with, Kelsey, Nick Kaiser, and Deion Yelder. I think the Chiefs are okay with that. Uh, hmm. I mean, they do like those guys, you know, and, and Kaiser certainly looks like he could be a, a really strong blocker who has better hands than you think. Um, Yelder's probably the other way around. You know, he's a he's he's got good hands and looks like he's got some receiving potential, but isn't necessarily afraid to stick his nose in there when he needs to. Um, I, I think, it, it, especially with the bulk of the work that they put on Kelsey. Yeah, they would be ha- they'd be fine going in the battle with those two guys. It's just that what happens if something happens to Kelsey? How does this right. offense change? I don't think that either one of them at this point in their careers are guys who can step in and be that tight end one that you expect. So you're telling me we're going to run straight downhill a little bit more? Okay, I'm down with that. Hey, you, uh, yeah, as long as Trevor Kelsey's <laughs> fine, you're fine. <laughs> Okay, that said, an- another one that's been a lot of question marks lately, people are starting to get concerned, and I don't think they should be yet, but uh, Derek Nottie not practicing, had the off-season surgery that that I was unaware of until this last week. Um, any concern for you there? Do you just Is it just precautionary? Yeah, that that was certainly planned. You know, they expected um, it was kind of quiet as far as that off-season surgery uh, apparently was going into cleanup, uh, just an old injury, so it wasn't anything that happened last year. Um, not he had an elbow issue last year, but nothing mm-hmm. with the ankle that, you know, caused this. It was just, uh, you know, to clean up some stuff. Um, their plan was to work him in slowly. He did not start on the pup list or anything like that. So he was certainly ahead of guys like Thornhill and, and Rankin. Um, this point though, hey, he getting back to practice on Monday. It uh, looks like he's getting closer and closer to a full go. So I don't think that's a big concern. Okay. Knock on wood. My understanding is that the guy that's been getting reps in his place is Colin Saunders and that he actually looks like he's making some strides forward. Uh, I think that's important for this team long term, but I'm happy to hear it so early in camp. Do you think that that's a positive sign for him being uh, in the rotation more heavily? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think what you saw from Saunders last year, because, you know, early in the season, yeah, he did look a little bit overwhelmed. And that is perfectly natural for, you know, a guy coming from the, you know, FCS level mm-hmm. up to the big leagues. Um, and, but by the way, he finished the season. I, I think that you felt like a, you know, a big breakthrough year in year two was certainly possible. And, uh, yeah, I think that's very encouraging that it, you know, what you're hearing about Saunders at this point. 
Um, they're certainly going to count on him, especially now that we've heard that Mike Pinnell may not be starting the season with this club due to the suspension. Um, Saunders is a guy who actually, at this point, he could be in a, a competition for a starting position. I think that's really intriguing. And, and like you mentioned on Pinnell, we don't have the details, but he has had strikes against him in the past, correct? Yeah, he had a season a couple of years ago in Green Bay where he started the season and ended the season with a, a four-game suspension for violation of the substance abuse policy. We do not know the, the nature of this. Um, we don't know the length of any suspension. Apparently, it's in the appeal process. Um, we should know that and Bashad Breland's situation here relatively soon. Uh, wouldn't be surprised. I mean, if that, that news didn't come up pretty quickly. But where those two guys are at, but yeah, I mean, this, this team is certainly looking like they might not have both those guys starting the season. And so in that case, clearly there is the, the impetus to get Colin Saunders more into the rotation. I, I would think that Chris Jones sitting out is not a big deal, that he will be the starter there. Naughty if he does return, but if he doesn't, who's, who's the fourth guy behind Saunders filling in for the other guys? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you're starting to get a little bit slim. Um, you know, they brought back Braxton Hoyt, which was a guy off the practice squad from last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they brought in Devereaux Lawrence. You know, he's at the end of the end of the bench there. Um, after that, I mean, yeah, I mean, then you're looking at maybe some swing guys that, you know, maybe could kick inside. I don't get the sense that the Chiefs want to do that with a Mike Dana. I think they okay. want to keep him on the outside. Um, but yeah, is they are fairly deep at that position. I mean, at both end and tackle, but yeah, you get a suspension, you get another guy dinged up and that's where this team ended up last year was having to go pretty deep to find some, you know, defensive line help. Yeah. I think that's going to be the case. We heard from Tato Passanio. It sounds like he's uh, picking up where he left off. I would think he might be a candidate in there that if they do need to bring an end down inside. Yeah, and you know, and he he basically plays that on you know third downs and passing situations anyway. So yeah, he's he's certainly at the top of the list of the swing guys. Once again, you know, they feel like even his, on the interior when he does kick inside, you know, he's better as a pass rusher than a, you know, a run defender. So it wouldn't necessarily be their first choice on, on running downs, but yeah, I mean, if if it's a passing down, absolutely, they have no problem putting Passanio in there on the inside. I think that's that's a recipe that we're likely to see. Hopefully everybody gets back and we'll find out about these suspensions. Thanks for all your time today, Matt. Absolutely, Ryan. Great talking to you. And thanks to all of you for listening. We appreciate the time that it takes to go through these. We try to keep them pretty nice and short so we can do them every day, all week, all season. We're looking forward to the rest of it. Thanks for listening to us today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.